0: I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally.
1: Hey guys, it's Josiah. And before we get to today's episode, I just want to invite you to an incredible event happening March 3rd and 4th, 2023. Let's start our year off strong. Our theme is Equip the Saints. This is the Young Adults Today conference designed for college pastors, young adult ministry leaders, their key volunteers and teams. It'll happen in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we would love to invite you you'll hear from mike and i as well as a host of other leaders and authors and pastors There'll be breakout sessions, times of worship, and our goal is that you as a person who's pouring out would have the opportunity to be poured into and blessed and resourced and encouraged with rallying points, relationships that can last a lifetime and put useful resources into your hands. You can find out more details at www.youngadults.today/conference.
0: What's up guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. Welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we reach young adults around the world today. And I'm Micah Keneally with my co-host.
1: I'm Josiah Keneally. It's so great to be with you all. Thanks for subscribing, rating, leaving us a review. It helps us reach more listeners with the message of Mm -hmm. Young Adults Today. And shout out if you're watching on YouTube, we just noticed a lot of growth in that area. And thanks for watching.
0: Yeah, and we have a special guest um, with us today that I was actually able to meet a couple weeks ago, when we were part of a fun weekend that we were invited to, and he is gifted, he is talented, he's in love with the Lord, and he loves to draw people closer to the heart of Christ. At least that's my observation. Those are my words, not his, but Josiah, who is our special guest today?
1: We'll introduce him in just a second, but I want to welcome Tyler and Heubel. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. Good, good. Thanks for having me. You bet. We're excited to have a conversation about life, about reaching the next generation, and even Mm -hmm. the hunger and Mm -hmm. the heart of worship. And uh, Tyler, by the way, is a co-founder of the Pursuit Conference. We'll talk more about pursuit, but that's an event that's near and dear to Micah and I's heart. Uh, We've had the opportunity just a few weeks ago to gather together in Southern Minnesota Mm -hmm. with young adults just unified in their pursuit Mm -hmm. of Jesus. And uh, I've had the opportunity last year to be there as well, kind of on the ground floor of that event in Albert Lee. And Tyler's also the worship leader at Crossroads Church. And um, we thought it'd be fun, Tyler, to just hear some of your story yeah, of life
2: yeah. and leadership and how you got on this
1: journey to being
2: a worship leader. Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty crazy. Um, I So let's see, long story short, I'll take you back when I first started leading worship, and it was actually at the church I'm currently at. I was in the youth group here, kind of grew up here, which is really fun. Um, And I was, I think, in 10th grade in high school, and the youth worship leader at the time was a senior, and he was being encouraged by the worship pastor. Hey, who's going to lead worship next year when you guys leave? Uh, And so prayed, prayed about it, and they're like, hey, it was this guy and gal, and they're like, hey, we think Tyler should be the next worship leader. So yes, okay. Does he play an instrument? Well, no, uh, not really. Uh, Can he sing? Well, I think he's in choir. Um, And so anyways, they had really no basis of why I should be leading worship the next year when they moved on. Um, But they continued to pray about it and were like, hey, we really think Tyler should step into this. And so I said, yes, I have no no idea why. Um, Now looking back, I know it's the Lord, but I remember starting to lead worship and I kind of knew some chords on the keys. So they, they taught me some chords on the keys. And I started to try to lead worship in our youth group when I was 16. And it was terrible. It was like, (laughs) it was horrible. Everybody was there and they're like, this is not what it used to be. Like who, who signed this guy up? This is not good. This is, this is tough. Um, And so it was really funny. Anyways. I was just getting after it. And I was like, I like, I need to get better. And my personality is, is I can't do something not well. And so it's like, I'm going to figure out how to get better at this. So over the year, I really practiced and practiced and prepped. And um, I remember as I started, like, instead of just trying to get through the song, I got better at my craft and was able to actually worship. It was like, I connected with the Lord in a way that I never had before. Like I didn't even know it was possible. The songs we were singing started to mean something and there was faith behind them. And it's like the Lord started to show up in the room. Um, and so it was like from then on, I, I literally in that first year, this first year and a half, maybe I felt the Lord shifting my heart to like, Tyler, I'm going to use you to do this, like for your life. Like it's like, I discovered my calling when I was 16 and 17 starting to lead worship that way. And, uh, the rest is kind of history. So that's where it all started. Felt the calling to be a worship leader. Um, yeah.
0: I love that. And when you, when we were there with you guys a couple of weeks ago, I had never met you and it was my first time meeting you and Tyler, I was like, I just sat there. I told your leaders or your friends and leaders. I was like, he's anointed. Like you Mm -hmm. are walking in the the footsteps that God has given you, like he has put you on that stage. He's given you a mantle and it's not because okay. you have something to say, it's because he has something to say through you. And I just think it's amazing oh. how, how you lead. And I was like, Josiah, do you know who he reminds me? Of? It was Cody Carnes, right?
1: Sean Curran. Sean,
0: Curran, Sean Curran. I hey, was like, that's good he too. reminds me of Sean Curran. And it's <laughs> and it's not even just like your look or your style. It is your heart. Yeah. And it's like wow. the pure leadership in your heart that I, I've seen from, a, from the stage, just like in, pres- in the presence of God, worshiping alongside you as you lead with others. And I just want to say to the leader, like, it is a beautiful thing when young adults come together mm-hmm. and they're recognizing yeah. like there's something more in their life that God wants them to step into than what they're currently standing in. Wow. And I think that's one of the things that I've realized, like the Pursuit Conference, um, for those of you who do not know it, I'll I'll have Tyler unpack that for a little bit if, just to share what the Pursuit Conference is and why it exists. But just the name itself, to to pursue the pursuit after Christ's heart to be pursued by him. And it's this, it's not just a, a give and take, it's just like ebb and flow of relationship with him. And yeah. Tyler, will you just share with us in the audience, like, when did your heart really start to be burdened for maybe like the next generation through the pursuit conference? Like what was God awakening in your heart, even just two years ago when you guys did the very first one?
2: Yeah, that's sweet. Um, Honestly, so my buddy, uh, Philip kind of had this idea, Hey, I want to start a conference. He kind of had this dream, this vision to start a conference. And, uh, he reached out to me and another buddy of mine, Preston, and said, Hey, I want to do this. Will you guys join me? And, uh, I was, we're both, we're just friends and we're like, yeah, let's, let's go after it. Let's do this thing. Um, and I think my, my realization for the need for young adults to meet with Jesus honestly didn't open up until that first conference we held. So wow. this was year two. Um, and we did that first night and we had no idea what to expect. I mean, we were just three guys from Southern Minnesota. It was like, let's just get some young adults together, get some great communicators and let's just worship Jesus and hear about it. Um, and there were 60 something young adults that came and I was there and we were worshiping and praising the Lord. And kind of through that night, I just realized like, everybody talks about the next generation and the next generation are the leaders of tomorrow and all that stuff. And here as young adults, we're like, we're not the next generation anymore. Like people don't really talk about us. I feel like we're the, we're the generation, like it's, it's our time right now. Mm -hmm. And it feels like we're maybe forgotten or maybe just not talked about, you know, we have the maybe the older generation who's they've already they're living their lives they're already in their calling they're leading the churches right now stuff like that and then the next generation who we are pouring into but it's like where's our spot and and i believe if i'm passionate about revival and the lord coming and the lord moving Um, And so I don't want this generation of young adults to be to be missed. I believe we need to take Mm -hmm. our opportunity right now to help usher in the Lord's presence to yes, our world, but specifically America. Like there's so much going on. And I would hate if our generation was like a skipped generation for some reason. And so I realized at that first conference, it's like there are young adults and specifically in southern Minnesota where we're at where it's like, we need to get them unified under one name, Mm -hmm. Jesus, and let them know like, hey, they have a calling and they have a purpose. And the time is not tomorrow. It's not yesterday. Like it's, it's today. Let's go. So that's where that kind of opened up for me. I
1: love that. I love it too. And Tyler, I'm just reminded of, of, it's just so powerful encountering God Mm encountering yes. the presence of a living god as a young adult like right. no better time than that season of your life where mm-hmm. you probably have yeah. more freedom and
2: yeah. autonomy
1: than you've ever had growing up not yeah. maybe living with your parents yeah. anymore maybe you're in college or taking a yeah. gap year or stepping in to life as a yo pro as a young professional mm-hmm. and i just look at like that season of your life is so yeah. special. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you have more freedom than maybe you'll ever have. But
0: you don't realize it in the moment. Exactly. And so you get married and have children like, oh my word, what did I do with all my time? Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I look at this call to worship of, I'm just reminded of the, the lyrics from a song called Worthy of It All. And it just says, you are worthy of it all. And it comes from scripture. For yeah. from you are all things and to you, mm-hmm. Are all things you deserve yeah. the glory? And I yeah. think of the opportunity that's kind of found in Romans and in other places throughout scripture yeah. a doxology of praise, mm. giving God yeah. the worship, the honor, the glory that he yeah. deserves. Because at the sound of the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue yeah. will confess. Yeah. And there's no greater name, right? Past, present, even into eternity, future. Yeah. This is the name and he's worthy of it all. So I look at like creating spaces um, that are maybe a little bit more unhurried, uninterrupted, a lot like the Pursuit Conference. And um, I would just love to know your perspective, Tyler, on as a worship leader, somebody who creates some gatherings and spaces within a local church and also through a conference. Why is leading people to the heart of Christ so important through worship?
2: Yeah. So I think, first of all, going back to the Pursuit Conference, like you guys have alluded to, um, it's an unhurried space. Um, obviously, we kind of have to follow some sort of agenda because we have communicators and kind of fill in everything in a time. But um, we've made it intentional to be an intimate space, and especially in worship, like if the Lord is doing something, we don't want to miss that. Like, we don't want to miss what the Lord is doing and skip past what a moment that could have been had. And a lot of times those happen in the context of worship and just singing. You are worthy of it all for from you are all things to you're all things. You deserve the glory, like stuff like that. That's where God comes and moves. And so um, for me as a worship leader, too, I never want to be hurried. Um, I Something just passionate on my heart and is... Like, I want to be a follower of Jesus and I want to help create followers of Jesus that are more than this, just 20 minutes of worship on Sundays. Like, I, I'm i just going to be honest. I don't, th- it's not enough. Like, that's not enough to worship the Lord. It's he wants and he expects way more than that. And it's way more powerful when we do that. Um, mm-hmm. I think about the greatest commandment is to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I might botch his name because I didn't read the book, but I heard somebody tell me this. John Mark Comer. Yeah. yeah guys yeah. You know that is. So he had this quote, and I'm hopefully this is pretty accurate too. But he was talking about love and hurry are incompatible with one another. Yeah. And so if our greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart. And if this is true, which I believe it is, like you think about it in earthly relationships, to love somebody, to be in a hurry all the time with them, it's not going to work. Like you're not going to learn how to love that person. And so taking time and just being willing to sit there and learn how to love someone like God and worship is one of the best avenues to do that is it cannot be hurried. It cannot. And so that's my conviction is hopefully in this culture, in this season, we can learn to be a people who just take time to worship and minister to God. Um, another thing that's definitely been on my heart is the Lord calls us a royal priesthood. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been looking a lot back at, hey, what is a royal priesthood? Who are we as priests? Um, Because since Jesus came and died and rose again, all of a sudden, it's not just the Levites in the Old Testament. It's not Mm -hmm. just a special tribe. It's everybody. We're priests. And what is a priest's job? What is a priest's call? Our first job, first and foremost, is to minister to the Lord. Before we do anything, it's to minister to the Lord and give him honor and glory. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's power in all of those things. And so... Yeah, I believe it's important to take time to worship and pray. They go hand in hand mm-hmm. and just not be hurried in those things. So does exactly. that answer your question? Oh, it's oh, a powerful good. concept that love
1: and hurry are incompatible. Mm-hmm. I also heard John Mark Comer share um, where he was talking about the three and a half mile an hour God. Yeah.
2: The three yep. and a half mile okay. an hour
1: Savior. And the idea was that Jesus mm-hmm. walked everywhere. And so the pace of the Prince of Peace is about three and a half miles an hour. Where we're walking, it is unhurried, and
2: so to. And how crazy is that? Like in our culture, it's it's the opposite, you know. Yeah. Looking at the New York minute, it, uh, yeah. it it kind of flies in the face of the New York minute.
0: Oh my gosh, it's yeah.
2: I mean, we're in. I'm in rural Minnesota. Like I'm in a town of eighteen thousand people. There's you know cities or towns around me that are less than a thousand people, and I feel like the same thing. Like it's we're we're busy. We pack our calendars. We're like on to the next thing, and finding time to meet with Jesus is like yeah. If I can find time, I will. Hopefully, you know maybe maybe this time this week and it turns into Sundays being the only time and right. Yeah. I'm with you.
0: Well, Tyler, we just love your heart, and I would just be curious to take it even one step deeper if there is an avenue you want to take here, but how can we as leaders, like the listener, a lot of the leaders that are listening, they're leading young adult ministries on a college campus, maybe they're Kyle on a college campus, maybe they're starting a Bible study in their home, and it's very organic through their local church, maybe it is the church at large that has somebody on staff. So we are seeing the suburban, the rural, the city, the downtown, like all those different um forms of doing ministry when it comes to praising God and on a Sunday to a Wednesday night to whatever yeah. night they choose to even just a home bible study or even a home church like a that house church model so yeah. how can we as leaders when it comes to worship how can we how can we be aware of the atmosphere and the space when we gather together whether that's from lights to sound to smell to the reading of the scripture like how do we create not fabricate what God wants to do, but how can we create an opportunity for him to move and for us to move out of the way?
2: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, I'll take, maybe talk about a couple things here that I've experienced that I'm kind of passionate about. Um, let's see one being maybe less of the space and the importance of just making space for room or making room for God again, and just being like, maybe you're, I think we've seen all of these big churches where worship is just phenomenal, and it's awesome, and it's, like, perfect, and sounds perfect, and looks perfect, and, Mm -hmm. like, we just strive for that, Um, and that's cool, and that's great, as long as the heart's right, but I think just making worship in those spaces a priority, Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know where it comes from. It might be all the way back to like the reformation in the Roman Catholic church and all that stuff. But it's like worship just became this like precursor to the message. Um, So it's like, Hey, let's sing these few songs or hymns to kind of just get us ready. And then let's hear the word. That's really what we're for. And hear me, I'm a worship leader. So I'm not just saying, Hey, the, do not neglect the word. I'm not saying that at all. Um, But I think the purpose for the word, like the purpose to understand, to know God, is to worship him better. Like the purpose for theology is doxology. Like it's to worship God. And so Mm -hmm. worship does not have to be perfect. It does not have to be this perfect polished machine. I think like, I think about the house churches or the intimate settings where you're together, like push through the awkward moments, like let it be okay if there's an awkward moment where I don't, I don't know what to sing right here, but we still want to spend time with the Lord or like, I don't just make room for the Lord to move in worship and be okay if there's clunky transitions or stuff like that to start out with Um, and just get your heart right in that aspect. Mm -hmm. But then this may sound completely contradictory to what I just said, but I think the Lord is a creative God. And so he like you look outside at the atmosphere around us, like the trees, the landscape, all that stuff. And God creates things beautifully. And we look in scripture about what heaven's going to look like and sound like, and streets of gold and pearly gates and all this stuff. Like it is going to be this amazing, magnificent thing. And so, I think if we put it in its right place, things looking good and sounding good are really important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all know like if you say a worship service and today's contemporary worship style is it involves lights and it involves big sound and all that stuff. I think we need to steward those things well, because if it doesn't sound good, like if you walk into a worship service and it just sounds bad, that's distracting. Like that's distracting. And that's hard. Honestly, the better something sounds in our culture today, the easier it is to worship. Like it is easier to worship lighting. I think of it as there's people who are gifted to make things look good, like look good and look cool. Like that's their way to express their worship and be creative. So put them in there and let them be creative. Let them have fun to help enhance the environment um, and all of those things. And so, At each space looks different. You know, there's the people who, Hey, I like it darker in the room to make it feel like this. I like it lighter and vibrant. I don't think those, I mean, that's dependent on what you guys like, but being intentional with those things, I think is important as long as we keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. We come to worship stuff like that.
0: That's so good. And I think just when Josiah and I have done ministry, even if you are a listener and like, you don't have the big lights, you don't have the fog, you don't have even like a big playlist with 10 people on stage. What we've realized even stripping it down to the raw basics of an acoustic guitar, Cahoma. a cajon and yeah. our voices. Like yeah. sometimes when you bring that, whether it's into a classroom, when you're on a college campus meeting for your hour or two, mm. or you're yeah. even in the presence of our home, when, when young adults would bring their instruments here and they have a heart that's like, yeah. we're, like a heart that's worthy to be praised is obviously gods, but they have a heart that's like, wondering like what's next and they're there to help create that culture. And one thing that we love to do when we have young adults and we have people who are gifted and talented and whatever skill set it is, from the production side to the stage side to the hospitality, doors, coffee, all of them, all of them matter. So we love to see people's giftings and their skill sets come alive. So it's like if yeah. you are a shy person, we're not going to put you at the door, right? If you are very yeah. gifted in tech, we'll probably want you in the booth, not, you know, somewhere yeah. else. So even yeah. just helping young adults lead where they are strong and us as leaders being willing to hand over the reins um, for the little things. And as they prove themselves that they are capable, um, you know, like they gave you a a chance even after you admitted earlier on this episode, like- it was horrible. Like, I don't even know Usually. I was 16 years old. Like I knew that I needed to get better. And that's yeah. one thing that I admire about you, Tyler, even this in, in this conversation. and yeah. Cause I think it bodes well with my heart and Josiah's is the fact that we want to be lifelong learners Yeah. and we want to sure. do things with excellence. We want to work yeah. as though we're working for the Lord, even yeah. in the mundane, even in the setting up of the chairs, the tearing down of the coffee cart, whatever it is yeah. to know that people appreciate it more than we think, even when we don't get a thank you right? Yeah, because so we're not true. doing it only for them. We're doing it for God and cre- trying to create a space where they can encounter God. It's not about us. Yeah, and just to remove that spotlight off of us in whatever yeah. form we've put it on is to like, no, this is about God. This is about what he wants yeah. to do. And this is about our hearts being, you know, in
1: reverence towards him. So I, yeah. I love coming back to that when you were 16, like just getting your, your first opportunity for some reps and It reminds me of, I think, my favorite Christmas song. And as we record, it'll air later. But as we record, it's kind of nearing the holiday season, and so there's some decorations and whatnot. But I I think of the little drummer boy.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Had
1: no gift that was fit to give a king. And the reality is, Mm. we're all that little drummer boy. Right. So So we are all have no gift. That's yeah, so to bring a king, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. yet that is our worship. Is that yeah. what he's after, yeah. and what he's looking for is a heart that's fully devoted yeah. to yeah. him. And, um, you know, when we do this podcast, Tyler, it's very much for how can we reach young adults in our world yeah. today, mm-hmm. and so many of them are hungry for a sincere, genuine faith and a real encounter with the presence of a living God. And why Why do you believe that discipling young adults, creating environments of worship and even things like the Pursuit Conference or things like young adult ministry, yeah. why
2: is all of that so vital and important? Yeah, man, well, that's a huge question. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we're not given, like when you experience the presence of God and you guys and myself, we've experienced the real tangible presence of God. Like, it's not just this like loof idea that, you know, we're just doing what the Bible says and hoping it means something one day. It's like, God is real and alive and his spirit is moving today. And when you experience the presence of God, it changes everything. Like it just changes everything. And so I think like instead of us trying to do all of the hard work and trying to like have somebody realize this or realize that as long as we're creating spaces for people to know god and experience his presence like he does all of the work it's amazing like you need volunteers to serve in this just create a space where you're worshiping god and all of a sudden he'll speak to them and they'll come out of the woodwork you know what i mean like The Lord provides everything you need to do to to do the ministry he's called you to, whatever that is, whether it's in the church or outside of the church, he provides everything he needs. I think he just says, hey, come have a relationship with me and help people experience my relationship or my presence. And it all changes. So it's very simple, but I think it just comes down to that people encountering him.
0: I love it. So let's be leaders that can provide opportunities for people, for people to encounter Christ, whether that's in our home, on a college campus, on a Sunday during service, whatever that is. Um, but Tyler, guess what? We've come to the five and five. It's a five minutes on the clock, five questions. Our audience loves this. Are you ready for the challenge?
2: I think so. Hopefully, I don't know if I'm that interesting of a guy, but we'll We'll find out.
0: That is a false thing, I believe. But question number one, we'll see how exciting you are. I guess question number yep. one is, what's something that you're into right now as a hobby, maybe outside of worship, outside of the church life? Like, what would we find you doing?
2: Yep, I love to golf.
0: Ooh, I love
2: to golf. I wish I could do it more than I do, but I yeah, grew up golfing since I was like among other sports, but grew up golfing since I was. I remember my dad taking me out when I was like four, four or five, and that's i mean if i could do that every day every morning that's what i do i love it
0: i love that that's fun
2: it's incredible and what's your
1: favorite like golf course snack or what are you bringing with you to, to golf drink, course you snack? Snack or drink
2: oh man that's so tough so <laughs> lately lately I, I have a three-year-old son and so i have to bring him out every time we go golfing and so we have fruit snacks that's yep
0: He'll get along with our daughter. We go for breakfast, <laughs> fruit snacks. No, I don't think so. Fruit, but not fruit snacks. All right. Here is question number three. Here's a curveball ball. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question under the sun, whatever it, you want it to be, what would you ask us today?
2: Yes. I love asking families or young families. You guys have a day off where you have nothing going on at all. What would you do? What would fill your day?
0: Oh man, as if you could
2: do anything, there's nothing, nothing's an issue. You could do anything. You want to go? Sure. We just had, I
1: think a weekend ago was like one of the most incredible, Weekends that we've had as a family of four, mm-hmm. and we had some passes that somebody gave to us, and so we went to Nickelodeon Universe at the Mall of America. We were riding rides, mm-hmm. like, and by rides I mean like the carousel. We have a
0: one and two year old. Hold on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they were yeah. having
1: a blast, and I think Saturday we took them to the place that I kind of worked for eight years, Grand Slam. So they were like mini, mini golfing, golfing yeah. and just. And then Sunday was a birthday party. So I think at our stage in age, we've got to do some sort of activity. We've Mm -hmm. got to get out of the house on some level and, um, new experiences for me. It could be even things that we've done hundreds of times, but to see it through our daughter's eyes for the first time, like that's pretty special.
0: Yeah, I would say we definitely have, they definitely have a heart for adventure and they're very active. So I would say anything out of the house. So we have the candy store in Jordan, Minnesota is on our list to do.
2: They love to feed
0: the ducks. Oh yeah, they would go crazy there. Not that they eat a lot of candy, but I think just in awe of all the stuff. And Mm -hmm. then what do we do? Uh, Centennial Lakes is a hot spot for us. They love to feed the ducks. And then they love going to the Minnesota Zoo because they love the fish and the sharks. Everything is blub blub, everything underwater. They absolutely love it. So I would say fun activities like that. Um, One of the things we want to do in the future is take them to a beach. So I'd say the beach is on our list, our bucket list to do with them because they're old enough where they love to play in the sand and dirt. So, yeah, anything where there's activity like that.
2: And how do you deal with that? Are you like, I need a nap after this? Or are you like, oh, it's oh, filled in?
0: I think it fills me up when there's an activity, but if, when it's stay at home only, so this will be our first indoor, like with a one and two year old, if it's going to be this cold in Minnesota. So it's like, we need to plan crafts and activities. So we have one, our two-year-old can paint for two, three hours and she's in heaven. The other one's like, okay, I'm done. And she's running around the house. So trying to love them through their love language and their spiritual gifts that are already being activated, I think is fun and exciting. But I tell Josiah, anytime we go on a vacation, my sister says it perfectly. She's like, she tells my mom that she goes, mom, it's not really a vacation because we're just taking our house and our kids bringing them there. And we're still on as parents, like you're never off. Yep, so yep. I think there's those lulls. There's those moments where I'm like, okay, coffee number two for the day. Let's do it. Yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> sure. I'm sure okay. you can relate on some level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, I get all of that. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, as a family or just individually, like, is there somewhere you could go? This mm-hmm. is fourth question, like the travel question. What's where you want to check out?
2: Yeah. So the biggest thing, so I haven't done a lot of traveling in my lifetime. I look forward to in the future, but um, I would love to go to Israel. So have the opportunity someday. I've just heard you go there, kind of walk where Jesus walked, all that stuff. And it's just uh, kind of a life-changing experience. So I would, I would love to do that.
0: That's a great question. Josiah's been there twice and he loved it. I think you'd go there a third time. I would. So here's the final question, Tyler. If you could leave the listener with one word of encouragement today, what would you leave them with?
2: Yeah, I think... I mean, in this, probably heard this a million times, but make the Lord and make like a quiet time, a quiet space with Him a priority. Uh, we kind of referenced earlier, talked about how in our culture, it's so hard to do that. Um, it's it's kind of a, if I have time, like I have so much going on in my life. If I have time, I will. Um, and honestly, I think even if we had time, it would be just as much of a struggle. And so I think make it a priority, make it a priority to spend time with God, um, you know, and not just, I mean, maybe you can start here your quick little two, three minute devo on your phone. Like that's good too. But it's like the Lord wants to speak to you and actually build a relationship with you. So turn on your iPod, sing some worship songs to him in your room or in your car, like pray to him, journal. Like you guys talked about at the conference, the power of journaling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's like journal, ask the Lord um what he's speaking to you, stuff like that. I think if we became believers who did that more regularly, um, we would we would live more on fire for Jesus for sure.
0: Oh, that's good. You're not wrong.
2: (laughs) Seriously. And as we um, live in our
1: daily life, in our ministry, in our family, like our prayer for our daughters and Mm -hmm. the next generation is exactly that last sentence that Mm -hmm. you left on is that we would be worshipers that, you know what, whether there's a worship leader on stage or we're in our basement, like, May they Mm -hmm. know the presence of God. May we Mm -hmm. be people who pursue passionately. Because I want you to think about the time where maybe you felt closest to God, Mm -hmm. or the last time that you were unhurried, or where, like, when did you feel most alive spiritually, closest to God? When were you on that growth trajectory? And if you're like me, it's those unhurried moments. And maybe it was a space like a camp, and the Mm -hmm. environment was created for you, or it was a conference, and kind of the table was set. Well, Definitely, we're a fan of camps and conferences. And what Tyler's saying mm-hmm. is in your daily life, in your living room, in your home, in your bedroom, in your dorm room, where is the place that you create mm-hmm. that space to be a worshiper, yeah, to sure. meet with God? Yeah. And so, what a note to leave people on.
0: Yeah. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for the great conversation today.
2: Yeah, thank you guys. That was good. Yes.
0: I love it. Well, we absolutely love Tyler's heart. And if you want to get to know more about Tyler and what he's doing, we just want to say thank you so much, first and foremost, for joining us. And you can find out more about Tyler when you connect with us on our website at youngadults.today, as well across as well as across all of our other social media platforms. Until next time, this is Micah and Josiah. Josiah, oh my gosh, Josiah signing off. See you guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe,
2: rate and review this podcast. Plug me in, I'm all wired up right now. Plug me, in, I'm getting up right
1: now. Yeah.